thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to Careers Unplugged, the weekly show connecting you to secrets of career success. Careers Unplugged is hosted by Rich Sayer and Stu Hayes and proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program. If you'd like to be happy, committed, and passionate about your career, you're in the right place. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to Careers Unplugged, a show connecting you to the secrets of career success. My name's Rich Sayer. I'm Stu Hayes, and it's our great pleasure to introduce to you today a retail guru. Our guest today has more than 30 years senior executive experience in the retail and also the career management industries. He's had leadership roles as CEO of national retail giant Retrovision, as general manager of Pioneer Electronics, and CEO of Australia's leading career management company for youth managers, executives, and professionals. Brian Kelly, thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Stu. Thanks, Rich. Brian, um, I'm going to start this straight off by saying, what was your first ever job? Uh, my first ever job was actually was was packing bags at Stoneman Supermarket in Echuca when I was about 15 years old. Were you stoked <laughs> when you got it? Yeah, it was it was good pocket money. Nice. And and how did you start your journey from from there into the journey of what has been your career at large? I, I guess I, I I finished high school in a, in a country town and um, decided that I'd move to the big city with a, a very clear idea of what I wanted to do uh, until I arrived in the big city and then found that what, what I thought I wanted to do was totally the opposite to what I actually wanted to do and moved from having a, a career that was built on math science, you know, yep. physics, chem, math one and two. Sounds very um, familiar. Yep. To mm. a career in marketing and retail. Yep. Yep. And Brian, so what would you put your personal success down to? I guess in some ways it's just it's not being afraid to take a risk. Okay, so what do you mean by that? Well, in, in many cases, it, it was it was pushing the boundaries of, of where I thought I was, uh, pushing the boundaries of what I thought I was capable of, and um, and trying different things. At times where, if if you look at my career, it doesn't have a nice neat progression of working through an industry from one level to another. Um, I think I've worked across some like seven different industries and a number of roles and, and most that's because I've been prepared to to back myself and, and, and to back what I thought I could do. <laughs> just just on that, Brian, what would be the, the biggest risk you think you ever took? I'd say most probably would be when I resigned from a, a very good job to take a totally different job in a different industry because I wanted to stop travelling um, I was I was recently um, married, or remarried. Um, I was travelling a lot. I didn't want to travel anymore, and I left what was a, a, a very good, sound job to go to a totally different industry. Fantastic. So looking back at that, I mean, you know, you, you mentioned you've you've gone through seven different um, industries. How do you measure success yourself? Looking back at that. Oh, it, simply for me, it's it, it's about what you deliver. And the, it, it's the outcomes you achieve. It's the outcomes you deliver. Um, it's it's where you are at that point in time. And do you find, or have you found that there's been times in that journey when you've you've actually felt um, lost or confused? You know, where you were perhaps a bit down and out about the whole thing, and you you, you weren't sure if you were on track, maybe delivering the value that you were hoping to. 
there's 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 times when I've I've had that moment where it's you know what the have I done? Uh, <laughs> yep. And what you do? Um, look, for for want of a better term, I, I I will have a I'll call it a Brian discussion, where I'll I'll sit down and um, have a talk to myself. Me myself and I is it? Yep. Yeah, basically go through and say, look, what's what's the issue? Um, why why aren't you getting what you want out of this? Why aren't you achieving what you should be achieving? Is the issue yourself? Is it is it where you are? Is it your mindset? And um, I'll basically try to do a bit of a reset or understand what it is that isn't working for me and then say, okay, how do I fix this? So out of the me, myself and I, who's asking the question and dare I say who's answering? <laughs> Do we want to know that? Yeah. <laughs> so, so, Brian, are you I once, sort of, I once had a psychologist tell me that you know to, to be a CEO, there's got to be a little, you got to be a little bit psychotic. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's in those conversations with myself I've proved that. But you've actually worked as a career um, advisor or helping people with career transitions. Is that is that something that you've felt as well? That do, does the CEO have to be psychotic? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, I think there's there's at times where you have to put yourself, you know, you have to care about your people, you have to care about the direction of the business. Sometimes you have, have to put yourself above that or to the side of that and, and make some hard decisions and those aren't things that always people want to do. Yeah. And, Brian, are you the sort of person who's always had goals or, or specific things that you were striving for? I'm not a, I'm not a list writer. I don't, I don't write myself little lists to... I'm personally quite ambitious, mm-hmm. so so I think all, always in my, in my brain there's been a mm. uh, there's been a, a little passenger in there that's always been pushing me, mm-hmm. um, and I, I listen to him. But you say you're not writing lists, so you, you haven't been the sort of person. Uh, see, I, I am a list writer, so uh, you know uh, I am always jotting down the things you know to dos and and what have you, and that that hasn't been your style of personal management in regards to your career or goal setting. Not in the sense of a list writer, in the sense of, of setting objectives for myself, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there's no doubt if you, if you look, as, as I've worked through my career, when I've changed roles, I, I haven't changed the same role. Mm. Um, I've, I've always been saying, okay, what, what's the next step? Mm. So you know, I've been a rep, now, now I need to be a sales manager. So how do, how do I become a sales manager? Um, how do I do this? So I've, I've always challenged myself. I've, I've always set the goals to go after. Um, in terms of how I manage my day, well, yes, I'm a, I, I set myself tasks, things to do. I'm, I'm not a person who manage myself to the hour, yeah. but I'll say within this week, these are things I'd like to achieve in this week, and, and I'll push those things through. Yep, yep, fantastic. It's, it's interesting to hear you say, um, just reflecting on your comment earlier about the, um, the Brian time or the Brian chats that you have with yourself. Um, I know I, I got some outstanding advice about three years ago when someone said to me, you know, Stuart, the only thing worse than going in the wrong direction is going in the wrong direction with enthusiasm. You do um, love that one, don't you? I yes. do love, I do love yeah. that and, and I think you've, you've, you've probably heard it before. But question for you, um, have you ever had someone come in and give you a wake-up call that's maybe precipitated the Brian talk or has it always been self-regulated? No, 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 no. Um, my... My my wife is a, is is a very good regulator. <laughs> oh, I know process. that. I know that one. Um, <laughs> That's part of the job sim- description. That one, I think. Sim- simply because she she has a very, very very good way of looking things at things quite simply, mm-hmm. um, asking questions that, that I may not ask, mm. um, 
because she, she she takes a very a very straightforward view of the world, and and, and at times that, that's been excellent because it's made me stop and say, okay, that's an excellent question. I can't answer that, yep. uh, and sometimes it's simply by by using my own networks and people people that I respect, uh, where I'll bounce ideas off them, talk to them, um, particularly la- later in my life, because you reach that point, you know, when when you're young. You, know, you, you you want to beat the world and you're out there chasing things. Later in life, you you stop and you think, okay, what, what's next? Mm-hmm. I don't know everything. Um, so then you bounce things off other people. Mm. And, and Brian, when you've been faced with tough decisions in your career or, or you know, in different roles, how do you go about uh, setting priorities or making those decisions? What's your your process in dealing with the tough ones? Mm. I think if it's if it's about business, it's okay. What's I've always been very clear about, about having a clear aim for what the business is, whether it's whether it's growth or it's people, it's profit, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Is first of all, I say, okay, does it does decision does this decision add to the outcome we want to achieve? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, then in many cases I'll say this this isn't important, uh, and it will be relegated to there. If the answer is yes, then I'll start to say, okay, what's the impact on the business? Um, what's the time frames involved? Who does it affect? Uh, what's and then I'll work through that process. Because, but the first thing is, is it serving the purpose of the business, or is it just background noise that we're allowing to take over that shouldn't be there? Oh, that's a lovely description because I think uh, anyone in business has that uh, as a constant, actually. Um, so, Brian, have you ever had a mentor or coach specifically that's guided you in in this regard? Uh, yes and no. Look, I've had people that I've worked with that I had enormous respect for. Like I can think at one point I moved into an industry in the commercial catering industry because there's an individual I met that I just wanted to work for. Um, He had enormous capacity to do things that that I didn't see other people doing. He was doing some really interesting things in the fast food industry and had basically taken a business from zero to about $25 million in one year. but the sort of guy you only work for for mostly about three years um, because he'll kill you. Uh, but in terms of learning from an enormous capacity, so I look for people like that mm-hmm. where I'll, I'll look, you know, what has it made this individual achieve what he's achieved? Uh, what can I learn from him? And then I'll stay in contact with them. Fantastic. How did you, how did you um, first encounter them to, you know, realise they were someone you wanted to work with? Um, in this case, it was a. Some, I was running the food service division in Cadbury Sweeps in those days, and I ran across this guy at a function. Um, got talking, he, he just got me excited. When I, mean, I know personally, um, you know, when I when I sort of moved into Asia uh, in my late twenties, mid to late twenties, and it was the first time I had the opportunity to work with um, a guy by the name of Murdoch McKillop, who was the global head of, of my business in my area. And it was a game changer for me. I, I really get what you're saying. You know, I, I really just wanted to work with him. He got the best work in the world and uh, to learn as much as I could. Oh, look, I, I, I consider myself very, very lucky. I, I've worked with, I just think some amazing people. You know, I've, I've been lucky enough. I, I learned to make pizza in, in America to, to sell, huh. sell pizzas to to. To Pizza Hut, um, this this guy flew me around the world three times to do to do things for him. Just amazing experiences that 
are just fabulous. So they they grow you as an individual and, and they help you learn. And it's but the important thing not to forget in all of this, it's fun. Mm. Mm. Yeah, for me, for me personally, I had a similar thing where I was uh, given opportunities early in my career by someone uh, very successful, and uh, still to this day, I look back at it as some of the more colourful moments of of what is the tapestry of life and yes. and uh, irreplaceable moments and in moments of inspiration that you can't plan for, um, and and they they really do stay with you and and become part of. Uh, part of the journey that, that, that shapes who you are in each consecutive role after that. Um, that's certainly been my experience anyway. It, it, it's very true because you, you draw on the experiences and uh, I found as someone who changed industries, my ability to bring experiences from different industries in mm. is, is that one of the skill sets I offered to many businesses I came into was I didn't come in carrying any baggage. Mm. I came in with a different set of eyes, a different way of looking things and and I actually managed to build that into being quite a benefit to myself. Mm. Do you still continue to do that now? Well, funny enough, now acting as a consultant, that's what I do mostly every day. Mm. I, I know <laughs> even at uh, not at a management level but at, at sort of a granular level of, of aspects of business, let's even talk about marketing, that a lot of players within any one industry ha- suffer from sameness because they're all doing an awful lot of competitive analysis I tend to find from for my own businesses uh, more joy at looking at completely unrelated businesses and going, wow, that, that business over there, they're doing something, you know, I really dig what they're doing over there and it could be, let's say, in the transport industry that's nothing to do with what I do um, and drawing upon the lessons of peers only can be quite limiting and, you know, looking outside of your industry is very beneficial. I couldn't agree more. That's why I'm, I'm a very avid networker. Um, the ability to, to talk to people, um, to, to gain fresh ideas, to bounce ideas off people. And it's, of course, that's honestly why I use my wife a lot because she just has this beautiful way of looking at things and saying why. Mm. Can, I, can I ask you just, uh, just on, the, on the retail sector specifically, um, and, and it's not a space that I've spent a lot of time over the years, but I have found or sensed that there is more of an insular view. You know, you've either got retail experience, and therefore, um, you know, you might be attractive to a retailer to employ. And I'm asking this question for people out there in the audience who are listening, who might be interested in retail. Yep. Um, but they may not come from that background. You know, is that the case? I mean, what you're saying is that there is so much value and richness in bringing external experience into any industry. Um, but if you're in, if you're not a retail person, can you crack in at a, at an older age? Well, it's it, it's di- it's no doubt it's difficult. Um, retailers will tell you that you know it's different to other businesses because in retail there are so many levers you've got to pull at the same time. There are so many variables. If you don't understand it, you'll never you'll never get it. Um, my view to that is rubbish. <laughs> um, but I but I am in the minority. Um, I am a great believer in bringing fresh blood in to bring in new ideas. The issue for me in retail is, is that can you sell and can you understand people? And did you used to recruit people from outside the industry yourself as a CEO? Yes. Yep. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Because from my point of view, it, it brought a freshness to the business. You, you, look, you need a balance of experience. You need a balance of new people. But you need to keep bringing you – know, you've got to refresh every now and then, bring, bring some new blood in, some new ideas. But unfortunately, you get certain industries out there like, and in retail, fashion's one, 
where you know the the clothing industry is very. You look at anyone who's worked in the clothing industry, it's the same blood, the same tree, the same people being regurgitated over mm. and over again. Which I, th I think, while you see in Australia, in my view, there's been very little innovation in fashion retail in Australia, mm. um, and hence, when when you see the entrance of people like Zara or Topshop, they're having such an impact on the marketplace because about it that we don't see in our own our own retailers. Okay. No, I understand. It's uh, you know, change is necessary um, and healthy, but scary. But I, I guess the other part, if someone's saying, okay, how do I crack in? Well, it's, it's understanding, look for the retailers that are being innovative. Mm. Look for the retailers that are doing things differently because they're the people that will be prepared to look at different ideas and then think about how am I going to pitch myself to these people? What what are the skill sets I can bring in that are going to match what they're trying to do? I think uh, differentiation is is the key word there. And if if everyone is uh, doing the same thing, thinking the same thoughts, offering the same solutions, there's not that much room to be anything other than the same. And um, the market's going to going to respond to that. Um, yeah. For me, I, I'm, I have no background in retail, but as a consumer, um, we tend to just be mirroring successes of overseas um, entities rather than seeing a lot of inspiration coming from here, which is sad, as you're saying. Yeah, and it's all of us have, have a consumer experience that we can talk about. Mm. So, so if you want to break into retail, one thing to think about is, okay, how can I tell my story to my employer about how I would do things differently? And mm. um, what's what's the consumer experience I want? And and unfortunately, we forget that we are consumers. And, and if they stop thinking about what the consumer experience should be and start thinking about what the numbers are or what's the stock holding, um, they forget the true essence of what they should be doing. Absolutely. For those of you uh, listening to Careers Unplugged for the first time, we like to ask our guests the scariest and deepest questions at this point in the interview. Now, Brian, the goal is to answer these following questions instinctively. Are you ready for this? Yes. And whatever comes to your mind, uh, you're just going to answer. So, so don't, try not to edit yourself. And we like to call this the Fast 10. So okay. uh, off we go. Stu, lead away. All right, I might kick it off. Um, so, Brian, have you always wanted your career? No. All right. So what, what was the career goal you wanted or what was your career goal when you were 20, for instance? Uh, I was going to be a CSIRO scientist. Wow. In what field specifically or what was the, um, the area of science that, that floated your boat at that time? At, at that time, I was interested in um, chemical. I, I was in, interested in being a chemical engineer. Wow. And um, I end up being a shoe salesman. <laughs> and was the chemical engineering a direct inspiration from a teacher at school, or or, or from um, you know parental guidance, or where did that come from? What was the inspiration for that in, in your youth that led to that at twenty? Uh, quite clearly, my, my career counselor at high school was the physics teacher. Mm. So, so surprise, surprise, <laughs> um, the direction we were pushed. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I sort of went down a path very similar. Um, before I worked it all out and started in a different direction. Well, it, it's difficult. You know, you're 16 years old, as as I was when I started my last year of high school, and you're and you're trying to think what you want to do for the rest of your life. And at that point, the, 
instinctually, there were only a few things in my life I clearly understood. And, and none of those had, had anything to do about my career. <laughs> Absolutely. I've always been, je- I was always jealous of those kids that said, I'm going to be a doctor. And yeah. they did. And they yeah. were happy because it's like, wow, you knew from a young age exactly what you wanted to do. Uh, I'm in my 40s and I'm still working that out. And, uh, <laughs> you know, my career guidance uh, people told me to become an actuary and I ended up becoming a guitarist. So, you know, <laughs> it's close. Yeah. Well, I, I, look, I think you have to take those career um, guidance comments at, a, at that age with a bit of a grain of salt. I know that my wife was advised by her career counselor that should she that she should go live in a lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brian, um, right now, are you heading from zero to hero or from hero to zero? Drum roll, please. Uh, zero to hero. Fantastic. And why do you say that? I mean, you've obviously you've scaled lofty heights, you've achieved some great things, and you're still saying that. What's the reason? Because I, I, I'm a great believer that we, we continue to learn every day. Um, and I'm I'm working for a client right now in retail, who is problematic. Um, he's just aggressive. He's he's a pain in the in the butt. Um, but he <laughs> and is you're just it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He is just an intuitive entrepreneur who every now and then I just look at him and go, wow. And I and I learn something. Yep. And um, I, the day I stop doing that is is the day I start to worry. Mm. All right, well, here's a big one. What was your darkest moment in your career or, and you can answer this in two parts, your biggest mistake? I think it, it was realising I'd moved from running a consumer electronics company to running a construction business and I was standing at a job with Westfield when I had a, a realisation that one of my engineers had failed to order a piece of equipment. And um, the Westfield Shopping Centre in case was being sold to Stockland. Mm-hmm. The job had to be finished at a time frame. The penalties for non-finishing on time were just horrible. And at that point, um, we were booking an Antonov aeroplane to fly this piece of equipment into Australia to install it. Wow. Um, and it was it was scary stuff because this is one of our biggest clients in Australia uh, the stuff up was just monumental, and um, the job, by the way, we finished at something like six o'clock on the Sunday. On the Monday morning, a guy was touching up paint as the Westfield guys were coming in to do the handover. So the the day you had that realization about the uh, lack of ordering, uh, what did you go home? You were married at the time. Yes. So that night when you went home, how did you tell your wife? How did you mention it or bring it up to get it off your chest? I'm, I'm curious. Well, l- leaving out the expletive. <laughs> yeah. Um, On whose side? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was just one of those where you actually you walk in the door and you say, I've had an amazing day because we've just solved the biggest issue in the world. But for us, it, it was actually a relief because when we, we realised the fact that we'd found the problem and fixed it. Yep. Um. Mm. It was more relief mm. um, and, and it was a bit of a, you, you're not going to believe what happened to me today. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like an ad, you know, I, I can, I can uh, I'm, I'm there, I was there. <laughs> so so I'd, I'd say it's relief. So yeah. what you, what'd you learn from that? Oh, uh, quite simply, we, we discovered that there was a flaw in our um, project management process. 
um, I discovered that you know, an individual that I had um, put faith in to do something had had, had an issue. Yep. So for me, it went back to, okay, um, what are some of the key milestones in a project that I need to make sure that I'm across um, before I, I let go? And uh, and one of those was, you know, a, a checklist in, on my on my stuff that said ordering complete, you know, yep. tick. So, so the learning was just about a project management issue. So question, um, you know, a lot of a lot of the younger people we talk to um, sometimes feel they need to have a lucky break or there needs to be something that happens that's going to, um, you know, the cards are going to go their way, things are going to yeah. happen their way. Did you have a lucky break? Was there, was there a turning point in your career and was that, a, was that a, um, a circumstance or was it a person that facilitated that perhaps? Um, it's interesting. Look, I, I'm a very strong believer in you create your own luck. Yep. Um, activity activity drives outcomes. And, and from my point of view, it, I can't say, look, I think any time I've got a job, it's been a lucky break. Because in the marketplace, there are enormous amount of people out there that are more talented than me. There are enormous amount of people out there that have more skills than me. Um, but there aren't many people out there that have more tenacity than me. <laughs> so I say to people, you know, it, the, the lucky break is you make it yourself. If you got the job, it's because you handled the interview better, because you prepared yourself better, mm. because you didn't give up the first time round. So you you create your own luck. So yes, I've I've had lucky breaks. Every time I've got a job, it's been a lucky break. So um, what I'm hearing there is actually the importance of backing yourself and celebrating your victories. You know, when you, absolutely. When you, when you have a win, you know, actually owning that because a lot a lot of people say, "Oh, it was nothing," and they kind of dismiss their own successes, um, and that undermines the success and doesn't. Absolutely. Look, in, in some of the career counselling work I've done with people, you meet some people that have had absolutely amazing careers and, you, and they say, oh, yeah, look, it's, I, I was lucky that that occurred. And I, and I, and I just say exactly the same thing. I said, not luck. You you created that. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was talking to one guy that, that had, had sold a, um, a massive um, blast furnace set up in, in Bolivia. And he said, I, I was lucky. I said, no, you weren't lucky. He said, you, you put a year's work into that. You created this. You create the situation where you can win that job. Mm. That's not luck. Mm. It's, it's what you I, do. I agree with you. I mean, I, I always like that definition of luck that it's where you know where preparation meets opportunity. And it, you know, frequently my observation is that the companies and the people who have got themselves in the right position um, when the opportunity came along are often called lucky by everyone else, but they they got themselves there. Mm. Brian, yeah. I'm going to uh, ask you now. What's the career highlight? In in short, what was the the peak of the career to date? Well, that's actually that's a that's a very very good question, and it, it's going to sound something. I guess to me, the, the the one that has the most, I guess, relevance to me, and it, it's it was when I when I was with Retrovision, we were um when when Retrovision New South Wales had gone into receivership and collapsed, we um. We managed to negotiate a, a docker with a fairly aggressive um, receiver, and Stuart, you'd know nothing about aggressive receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the outcome of that process was we were able to save 80 businesses from going broke. And um, 
that that first meeting when when we could look at those eighty individuals who own businesses and say, you know, we we've got a deal, and uh, and we can keep trading and you're going to survive, um, was special. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it could because you know, the, 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 these are good people that that had a tangible benefit out of what came out of that. And um, that, that to me was a, a very special moment because you, you knew you'd actually done something worthwhile. Does something come out of that that you would say is the golden nugget that you'd want to leave with, you know, an audience now or is something else perhaps? Oh, look, I, I guess in all of that, underlying everything you do in your life and in business and that, um, if you can do something that helps people, if, if you can do something that you really enjoy, um, and something that gives back, you know, whatever, and, and, and that, that applies to business and to personal life, uh, I think you should. I, 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 I look at my current client, and I, I love the way he puts it, is that he, he's in the music industry, but he says that he's not about selling things, he's not about creating boxes, he, he's about creating joy for musicians. And he said, if I can do that and do that well, I'll make money anyway. And, uh, and I'm a great believer. If you can find something you love, if you can find something you do well, um, the money will follow. Bri, if you could have your time again and have any career of anyone, whose career would you have? Oh, God, that's that's um, <laughs> that's, that's extremely difficult. I can I could, I could bounce several off my head. Well, go on. Um, Don't edit yourself. <laughs> God, I, could, I guess if I, could, if I could do it again, what would I do? Do anything, be anyone. Who would it be? I, th- I actually think I, I'd, I'd, I'd like to be a writer. Anyone in particular? I'd, I'd much do a, a Hemingway. Um, Good choice. I, I, I think with a brown I, paper bag. Or... <laughs> no, no. I, I, I think the I think that period in the twenties um, when we, we saw an explosion of creativity. Um, you look at what was happening in Paris and Berlin around the world, um, and the. I think that was just an absolutely fabulous period of time when people were doing some amazing things and I would love to have been part of that. Brian, look, that's about all we've got time for uh, today. I just want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wonderful insights into your career. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak with you, really. Thank you. And also, I'd like to just to uh, reiterate that thanks as well. You know, you've been very open and uh, the sharing about your career and your, and your family, your wife and her contribution um, on behalf of all the listeners back home, um, thank you very much. Yeah. It's been fun, guys. Thank you. Thanks, bro. And to all of you at home, in the car or wherever you are, thanks for joining us. This has been Careers Unplugged with Rich and Stu. We'll see you again soon. Careers Unplugged, proudly sponsored by the Master of Me coaching program, helping you succeed in life, career and business. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.